Hi everyone, my name is the Senator and I'm crazy about books. I love reading them aloud, but my brothers can only sit still for about 20 seconds before they just run off or start screaming and wrestling. So I've decided to share my love of reading with you guys. I hope that you enjoy. Keeper of Velocities, Chapter 16, here we come. Chapter 16. Sophie woke to an amazing sunrise. Pink, purple, and orange streaks blended the ocean and sky into mirror images. She enjoyed the view, but she would need to find a way to darken her glass walls. Sunrise was too early to be awake every day. Grady and Edeline were in the kitchen finishing up breakfast when she came downstairs. Sophie hovered in the doorway, not sure if she should interrupt. Either you're an early riser, Grady said as he moved the scrolls he was reading to make room for her, or you didn't close the shades. She sank into a chair next to him. How do I do that? Just clap your hands twice. How about some breakfast? Adeline said. Her voice sounded tired and the shadows around her eyes were so dark they looked like bruises. At Sophie's nod, she conjured up a bowl of orange glop and a spoon. Each bite tasted like warm, buttery banana bread, and Sophie was tempted to ask for seconds, but she didn't want to impose. She didn't know how to talk to them, she, so she stared at Grady's scrolls. The sloppy handwriting was impossible to read upside down, but she did notice a symbol in the corner, a hooked bird's neck with a beak pointing down. The image tickled her mind, like she should know what it meant but she couldn't find the memory it belonged to. Grady caught her looking and rolled them up. Boring stuff from a long time ago, he said with a smile, but it was obvious he didn't want her seeing the scrolls, which only made her more curious, especially when she spotted a line of runes running along the bottom. And this time they made sense. Project Moonlark, she blurted before she could think it through. You can read that, Grady said. Sophie nodded, scooted back a little when she saw the look in his eyes. Anger, confusion, and fear. Usually I can't, but this time I could. What's Project Moonlark? She whispered. Grady's mouth tightened. Nothing you need to know about. But Alden had said the word she used to babble as a baby meant moonlark. That couldn't be a coincidence. She tugged out an eyelash. Grady Rain ran a hand down his face and took a deep breath. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. There's... It's just... These are extremely classified documents, and those are cipher runes. No one is supposed to be able to read them unless they've been taught the key. She swallowed, trying to get enough moisture on her tongue to make it work. Why can't I read them, then? I have no idea. He shared a look with Adeline. Maybe the way humans taught you to read or write made your mind see things a little different. That was the same excuse Alden had given for why she couldn't read normal runes. It wasn't particularly believable, but she couldn't think of anything better. She was pretty sure she'd remembered being taught. She was pretty sure she'd remember being taught cipher runes. If you're ready to go, we should go get those medicines Elwyn prescribed. Adeline interrupted, standing. Each word was drawn out like the whole sentence was one long sigh which didn't exactly make Sophie eager to go. But she couldn't really say no, so she rose, fidgeting with the ruffles on the purple dress she was wearing. It was the simplest dress Del had bought, but it still felt ridiculous. 
Did the elves have something against jeans? Gritty nodded. Say hi to Kessler for me. Edeline groaned. This is going to be interesting. Sophie glanced at Grady, hoping he wasn't mad about the scrolls. He gave her a small smile. Then Edeline took her hand, and they glittered away. They leaped to an island called Mysterium. Small, identical buildings lined the narrow streets like they'd been cut from a mold. Street vendors filled the air with the scent of spices and sweets, and conversation buzzed around the crowded sidewalks. Sophie's and Edeline's gowns stood out among the simple tunics and pants of the other elves. Hey, how come they don't have to dress up? Sophie complained. Mysterium is a working-class city. Oh, but wait, doesn't everyone get the same amount of money in their birth fund? Edeline nodded. Money has nothing to do with social rank. Our world is talent-based. Those with simpler abilities work simpler jobs, and they dress correspondingly. Seems kind of unfair, Sophie mumbled. You can't control how much talent you're born with. Why should you live a lesser life? Their lives aren't lesser. They have houses just as fine as Alden's or ours. But when they come to work, they come to a different type of city. A city designed for their kind of work. Edeline's grip tightened on Sophie's hand as several people waved at her. You okay? Yes, I'm not used to being around so many people. She kept her head down as she led Sophie through the busy village, avoiding the other elves they ran into. Everyone seemed to recognize Edeline, though, and whispers followed, followed them wherever they went. Look, it's Edeline Ruin. Can you believe that? I thought she never left the house. She doesn't. Edeline pretended not to notice, and they didn't slow their pace until they reached the only building that was different. A store painted twenty different colors with curved walls and crooked roof, like it belonged in a nurse. Slurps and burps, your merry apothecary. The door belched as they entered. The store was a maze of shelves filled with colored bottles of liquids and pills. Edeline went straight to the back, to a laboratory complete with beakers bubbling over burners with rainbow-colored flames. A slender man in a long white lab coat hovered over the experiments with a skinny boy at his side, probably his son, since they both had the same tussled strawberry blonde hair and periwinkle eyes. I'll be with you in two minutes, he promised as he added a blob of orange slime to the, one of the test tubes. Get ready to add the amaryllatine, Dex. The boy used a long pair of tongs to pick up a glowing yellow vial and hold it over the experiment from a safe distance. Ready? Not yet. He slipped on a pair of thick black glasses. Okay, now! He jumped back as the boy poured in the contents of the vial. The beaker sparked and released an enormous plume of smoke, filling the room with the smell of dirty feet. Sophie fought off a gag and hoped the concoction wasn't on Elwyn's list. The man pounded the boy's back and removed his glasses. First one we haven't exploded all day. Adeline, he exclaimed, finally looking up. Is that really you? Hello, Kessler. Hello, Kessler, he repeated with a convincing impersonation of, his, of her soft voice. That's all you have to say? Get over here and give me a hug. Adeline moved across the room like sludge, but he wrapped her in a big bear hug anyway. You look good, Edda, but what are you doing here? You never come to town. I know. She handed him the crumpled scrap of paper. Elwyn said I needed to get these for Sophie. Kessler scanned the sheet for half a second before his head snapped up. Sophie? His eyes found where Sophie was standing and his jaw fell slack. 
Did I miss something? Yes. Adeline took a deep breath. Sophie lives with us now. Kessler's eyes darted between Sophie and Adeline, like he couldn't decide who was more fascinating. Since when? Since yesterday. It's a long story. She gestured for Sophie to join them. Sophie, this is my brother-in-law, Kessler, and my nephew, Dex. Hi, Sophie mumbled, too nervous to make eye contact, especially since they were, these were Adeline's family. She could practically feel their stare. Sophie will be starting Foxfire on Monday, Adeline explained. Cool, Dex exclaimed. What level will you be? Level two. Me too. Do you know your schedule? Uh, whoa! He leaned close to her face and pointed to her eyes. How'd you do that? I turn mine red sometimes. Totally freaks everyone out. But I've never seen brown before. I like it. She could feel her cheeks blush. Actually, I just have brown eyes. Really? Excellent. Do you see them, Dad? I do. Kessler studied her like he was one of, she was one of his experiments. Where exactly are you from, Sophie? I, uh... She wasn't sure if she was allowed to tell the truth. Sophie's been living in the Forbidden Cities until a few days ago, Adeline answered for her. Sophie cringed as Kessler asked, What? At the same time, Dex shouted, That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Was it awesome? I bet it was awesome. Hey, are you a human? Is that why you have brown eyes? I'm not a human. I was just raised by them. The words came out, but they felt wrong on her tongue. Dex, I think you're making Sophie uncomfortable. Adeline said before she could a he could ask another question. Am I? Sorry, I didn't mean to. Sophie shrugged. It's okay. I know I'm strange. Dex smiled, flashing deep dimples. I like strange. Hey, do you... The door burped again. You! A tall woman in a dark green cape stalked through the store, pushing past Sophie and Adeline. A beanpole of a girl in a hooded pink cloak dragged behind. What's wrong now, Vika? Kessler asked with obvious annoyance. Ask your son. This has his handiwork written all over it. She whipped the hood down from the girl's head, revealing a shiny bald scalp underneath. Adeline, Sophie, and Kessler gasped at the same time. Dex, meanwhile, seemed to be trying very hard not to smile. Hey, Stina, did you change something? Because you look different today. Wait, don't tell me. Mom, Stina growled. Kessler's cheeks twitched like he was battling a laugh. We don't sell any balding solutions here, Vika. Just because you don't sell them doesn't mean you don't make them, she insisted. Kessler glanced at Dex. You know how to make them too, Dex reminded him. I know it was you, you stupid Sasquatch, Stina screamed. Dex rolled his eyes and pointed at a spot behind her ear. Did you know you have a dent in your skull right there? Sophie bit back a laugh as Stina lunged for him in a flurry of bony appendages. That's enough, Kessler shouted, pulling them apart. Control your daughter, Vika. Why should I? It's not like you control your children. Kessler looked like he wanted to throttle her, but instead he gritted his teeth and said, We have hairroids in stock. Take some on the house, and she'll have her hair back in a week. A week? Stina wailed. I can't go to school looking like, like, like an ogre, Dex suggested with a wicked grin. Stina screamed again. 
If my daughter misses any days of school because of your son, I will make sure he is held responsible, Vika yelled. You can't prove anything, Dex grumbled. I won't need to. They'd expect nothing less from a bad match. Kessler's friendly features twisted with obvious rage, and he needed several deep breaths before he spoke. Sophie didn't know what a bad match was, but it must be a heavy insult. Okay, here's what we're going to do, Kessler practically, Kessler practically spat. You two are going to get out of my sight. When I finish helping these customers, I'll see if I can make the hairoids more potent. If I can't, wear a hat. Vika stared him down, but he didn't flinch. I guess we have no choice. It's not like anyone else would waste their lives making ridiculous medicines in a useless shop. If it's so useless, why does everyone buy from me? Kessler countered. Vika couldn't seem to find a retort, so she threw the hood back over Stina's head and dragged her out of the door. I'll get you for this, Stina promised Dex. Ooh, I'm really scared. Stina's bitter eyes focused on Sophie. What are you looking at? Sophie looked away. Nothing. The door burped again and then slammed. Kessler pounded his fist against the table, making everyone jump. Do I want to know what that was about, Dex? Probably not. Kessler sighed. You need to be more careful, Dex. You know how some people feel about our family, especially Vika and Timkin Hex. Well, Eline said quietly, this store hardly helps the situation. Perhaps if you made it more traditional... Absolutely not, Kessler interrupted. Nothing brings me more joy than watching all those stuffy nobles squirm in here. Just like nothing makes me happier than a shiny bald Stina, Dix Dex added, grinning. Kessler couldn't help laughing. Well, Dex, since you made this mess, you get to tweak the hairoids. I need to help Adeline with Elwyn's list. Dex scowled and stalked off to collect the supplies from the back. He returned a few seconds later with an armful of vials and spread them on the work table with a sneaky smile. This will make her hair grow faster, he whispered to Sophie, but it'll also give her a beard. Sophie giggled and made a mental note never to get on Dex's bad side. What did that girl do to you? She's just evil he said as he ground black leaves with a mortar and pestle. Trust me. Adeline disappeared into her room when they returned to Havenfield, and Grady tried to teach Sophie how to light leap alone. She'd never been so horrible at anything in her life. The first 20 times she tried, she couldn't feel the warm feathers, no matter how many times Grady told her to concentrate on the tingle in her cells. After that, she couldn't hold on long enough to do anything except break out in a full-body sweat from the heat. On attempt 57, she finally made a solo leap to the other side of the property. She completed the next five in a row and felt ready to collapse, so she wanted to cry with relief when Grady announced she'd practiced enough, but, he ch but when he checked her nexus, he frowned. He pointed at the gray rectangle, which displayed only a sil sliver of blue. That means your concentration is at 10%. Everyone your age is at least at 30% by now. Yeah, and they'd been light-leaping their whole lives. But she chose not to point that out. She didn't want Grady to think she was difficult. I'm trying as hard as I can. I know, Grady said, worrying the edge of his tunic with his hands. But I don't think you have any idea what you're up against. 
Alden told me Bronte didn't want you at Foxfire, which means he'll be watching you like a hawk. He'll check with your mentors. He'll monitor your tests. At the first sign of weakness, he'll step in and try to have you expelled. I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes for you to be transferred to Exilium. And let's just say that's somewhere you don't. Sophie nodded, swallowing a mouthful of bile. If she hadn't been freaked out about starting Foxpire before, she was now. How was she supposed to pass when she was so far behind? Grady forced a smile. I know you're struggling to adjust and have a ton to learn, but you're going to have to push yourself as hard as you can. And I promise I'll help you in every way I can. Adeline will too. A flash of light pulled her out of her mounting panic attack, and two people appeared a few feet up the path. She recognized Dex from Slurps and Burps, and the woman he was with resembled Adeline, except her hair was messy and her yellow gown was wrinkled and plain. Had to come see for yourself, Juline? Grady asked. I'm allowed to visit my sister, aren't I? She asked, her eyes riveted to Sophie. Granny laughed. Where's the rest of the family? Home with Kessler. I didn't want to overwhelm you. And maybe you wanted some time to gossip without interruption, Grady teased. Sophie, why don't you go show Dex your room? I have a feeling the girls have a lot of talking to do. Sophie had no idea what to do with Dex. She'd never had a friend before, much less, much less a boy, much less an elf. Dex seemed pretty comfortable, though. He wandered her room, touching everything that caused, caught his interest. He thought her human clothes were hilarious, and was even more excited when he found the scrapbook she'd hidden on the bookshelf. Hey, is that you? he asked, pointing to the photo mounted on the cover. Sophie's eyes stung as she glanced at the picture. Her dad and sister waved at the camera while she hid in the background, building a sandcastle. Yeah, that was last summer. Is that your dad? Yeah, well, um, that's the guy who raised me, she corrected, blinking away tears that had formed. It was going to be hard to get used to saying that, but she had to. She wasn't his daughter. He didn't even know she existed anymore. Dex frowned. What happened to them? I'm not allowed to know. She had to keep the sadness out of her... She couldn't keep the sadness out of her voice. As much as she didn't want it to matter, it was hard not knowing where they were or how they were doing. Sorry. He shuffled his feet. Do you want to talk about it? Not really. She wasn't sure she was ready to look through the scrapbook, but Dexa already had it open and was flipping through the pages. She hoped there weren't any naked baby pictures in there. Why did you take a picture with a guy in a giant mouse suit? Actually, better question. Why would anyone wear a giant mouse suit? We're at Disneyland. His head snapped up. I have my own land? What? My last name is Disney. She laughed. I'm pretty sure it's a coincidence. He squinted at the picture. Are you wearing fairy wings? Okay, I think we've had enough fun with the photos. She pulled the scrapbook away from him before he found anything else to make fun of. Sorry, I just can't get over it. I mean, I've never seen a human in real life. And you lived with them. He shook his head. How come you live with Grady and Edeline? Are you related to them? Her jaw tightened. I'm not a re related to anyone. You're alive. You must have parents. She shook her head. My real parents didn't want me to know who they are. So as far as I'm concerned, they don't exist. Dex didn't seem to know what to say to that. Honestly, she didn't either. 
Hey, this is one of those music things, he said, picking up her iPod. Yeah, how did you know? My mom's into human movies. She doesn't have many, but one of them had one of these things in it, and I've always wanted to see one. We don't have anything like them. Really? Why not? Elves aren't really musical, not like dwarves. They have some awesome music. He slid his fingers across the f screen. It's dead. No outlets here. No way to charge it. Dex flipped it over. I don't know much about human technology, but I bet I could make it solar-powered. Really? Well, I can give it a try. He slipped it into his pocket and went over to her desk, rifling through all her Foxfire stuff. He scanned her schedule. Sir Connolly's pretty cool, I hear. But good luck with Lady Galvin. She has the highest fail rate of any mentor. Ever. I'm pretty sure she failed her last prodigy a few weeks ago. Sophie's heart slammed so hard she was surprised it didn't punch through her chest. Were they trying to make her fail? She wouldn't put it past Bronte to rig her schedule. But this was school. She'd always been great at school. She took a deep, calming breath. Hey, I could help you find your way around tomorrow, Dex offered. Relief flooded through her. She wouldn't have to do this alone. Except, you wouldn't mind being seen with the weird new girl with the weird brown eyes and the weird human past? Are you kidding? I can't wait to tell everyone that you were my friend first. She smiled. We're friends? Yeah, I mean, if you want to be. Of course. Dex's smile widened, flashing his deep dimples. Cool. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.